Groundhog Week is over. Most of the results have been counted. We have a new president-elect, although the old president may have a difference of opinion. Lots to unpack here. I'm Rob Lawrence, and this is the MS One Stop. So the month that was last week is over, no matter who you voted for, no matter what colour your political tie is, I think we're all ready for a rest. However, slightly different in my EMS one-stop extra this week, normally I get straight into the read of my article, then I have a guest on, but because of the speed of events and the way they unfolded, I'm going to do it in reverse order, because I'm going to welcome in a second my guest, who is Tristan North, who is the Senior Vice President at the American Ambulance Association, responsible for government affairs, so he's got a real handle on what's happening on the Hill right now, and can give us some sagely advice, and then we'll get into the long-form narration of my article, which first appears online EMS one at the end of last week. I managed to track Tristan down in the city of Richmond where he lives, uh, not up on the hill this week, and asked him the very first key question. Have you eaten down all of your nails? Yeah, so that some of them left. Uh, it looks like we have a pretty uh, clear trajectory right now, at least in the presidential race, uh, as well as the House of Representatives. Still a little uh, undecided on the Senate side with the Georgia runoffs, but uh, it looks like the Senate will most likely uh, keep in Republican control. So I'll come back to all of that in a minute, but let's talk about, in no particular order, actually I'm lying, in particular order, let's talk about President Trump for a second. If sure. we are going to go to lame duck, which we most probably are, what does that mean for us in EMS legislation and legislating? That's a great question. Um, as of right now, Trump has not conceded uh, the race. Uh, it, it's unlikely that he will. Um, we've actually seen the head of the General Services Administration, or GSA, uh, not allocate any funding or space for the Biden transition team um, or has allowed the Biden transition team to have access to current administration officials, which is often uh, you know, very necessary as part of this transition. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting in the next couple of months. It may be very similar to the Gore-Bush, where we didn't know the outcome until December of that year, um, with nothing moving. That said, um, you know, Biden has already started to move ahead on his uh, coronavirus task force, his panel of experts. Um, he will, you know, move forward with planning to become president. Uh, it's just going to be a little bit more of a difficult task. Um, so that's kind of big picture. Now, getting into our areas of uh, issues specifically, will there be a COVID-19 package um, stimulus package, I think that really depends on um, whether or not they can come to some sort of agreement and whether or not Democrats see it in their favor to get something done before Biden takes office in, in January, uh, because then they'll be in a stronger position, obviously, holding the White House. So, um, you know, I think both sides, especially the Republicans, are um, 
um, going to want to try to get an agreement, uh, but we'll just have to wait and see. And then obviously that is the vehicle for a lot of the things that are important to us, like uh, more money for the provider relief fund um, and other things that are going to trickle down to EMS and ambulance. So that, that's a lot to unpack, Tristan, but I'm going to start right from the very first thing you said. So what you just said to me is that uh, we're not going to give you a desk inside any of our official buildings until we actually come to terms with the fact that we may not be the president or the current administration anymore. That's right. And, and wow. actually, Rob, that's that's right on right on point that usually the transition uh, administration they do get political appointees or, or transition appointees in the different agencies to coordinate with the career officials and the outgoing political appointees to make sure there's a smooth transition. So right now that they, they are not getting those desks, they are not getting those offices. So, so that, that's obviously frustrating for us as those people just sort of watching going, wow, but it must be equally as frustrating for those staffers, those officials, those government workers that probably right now don't know what to think even. You're, you're exactly right. Um, you know, they have a fair idea. Um, folks at HHS, apparently, uh, Department of Health and Human Services, uh, in the current administration at the senior political appointee positions, have been uh, dusting off their resumes, kind of looking at uh, what opportunities lie for them after a uh, Trump administration. Uh, but the career officials um, who are going to be likely staying around also you know, who do they listen to right now? Um, you know, what are they thinking? What's coming for them in the future? There's still very much a lot of uncertainty. And also what we're going to see the administration do in this lame duck in this period between now and January 20th, as far as pushing executive orders and things that uh, Republicans want to do before um, Trump leaves office with the expectation a lot of them will be rolled back when Biden takes office. So. Right. And uh, f funny story, and I'm not going to name names, but I asked an official once uh, for an opinion and his response, it was a him, I'll give that away, said, I don't know. I haven't been told what to think yet. <laughs> exactly. So we're, we're waiting for that. Does that mean, though, that uh, I mean, that really means that we've got between now and the middle of January to actually there's going to be some period of uncertainty, some period of indecision. And so are we going to get anything done? I think we're going to get um, very little done. Um, some direct issues obviously impacting us, such as uh, efforts on balanced billing, uh, or known also as surprise billing. Uh, I think the parties involved, the various committees, the committee chairs, the ranking members are very close in agreement. However, I don't think that there's going to be any agreement before Biden takes office. Democrats aren't going to want to give something to uh, Trump as he leaves. And they're going to want to have different things on healthcare in particular that when Biden takes office, that they can then tout as uh, occurring now that the Democrats have the White House in addition to the uh, House of Representatives. Right. Now, talking to House of Representatives, we had uh, Republican gains. Uh, we don't have a Republican majority, but with an enhanced uh, you know, set of Republicans in the House. Is that going to help any any to change the you know the, the way that the, the House does things, or is it just okay? You've got more people, but you're still not in the majority. Whoopee. Yeah, I mean, it, it means that uh, you know Democrats are going to be much more careful in counting their votes in getting major initiatives done. Uh, that said, 
those Democrats who did lose um, in this election, uh, Colin Peterson, a good example, uh, Democrat in a rural area of Minnesota, um, you know, he often voted with Republicans. You're going to have a number of Democrats who voted for Republicans because they were in toss-up districts uh, who, who lost their lost their seat this tour go around. So you don't have as many conservative Democrats, moderate Democrats, um, that there will be fewer votes that they have to worry about. But it's something Democrats are going to have to do. They're going to have to work a little bit more closely with Republicans to get some of their initiatives done that may be a little bit more controversial or don't necessarily have the same bipartisanship as, as some of the other big initiatives. So does that, for, for us with our AAA or with our associations, no matter what association you're listening from, does that help us or hinder us getting things done that we're trying to do? I think so, because um, the great thing about the American Ambulance Association, about EMS Ambulance, is we are a very nonpartisan issue. Um, our big hurdles usually are the fact that Congress just has so much money to work with as far as a budget, and is there enough to go around, and we often unfortunately, are the, the, the small player and, and sometimes get left out. That said, um, we have a bigger voice than most as a small player that I think plays well because we are EMS with both Republicans and Democrats. Um, you know, we saw this with the add-ons, you know, um, yeah, the Medicare yeah. ambulance add-ons and other issues that, you know, we have Republicans and Democrats alike who will come and, and fight for EMS. So. That's good. And as we know, the, the Senate race isn't decided yet. And going back a few months, of course, we've, we've watched stimulus packages, uh, you know, wind themselves up in the House, getting across and dying on the Senate floor. Um, that could still be the way even after January the 20th, if things stay as they are. Yeah. And I think things will most likely stay where they are while um, Biden is up by, I think, about 10,000 votes in Georgia. It hasn't been called yet. I think, um, and then you have two um, Senate runoffs in Georgia. Right. I think it's still going to be very difficult for yeah. Democrats to pick up one or both of those seats. I think we are going to be looking at a Republican majority. Um, but that said, I think that you will have um, Biden, who is you know, a former senator himself, a dealmaker, knows majority leader Mitch McConnell very well. Um, and then you also have uh, you know, three... Republican senators, uh, Collins, Murkowski, who are on the more moderate side, and Romney, who has kind of come out in defiance on a number of key votes uh, of the party, and a couple others who, you know, will want to get stuff done. So I think we will see some activity movement on, um, you know, issues that uh, make kind of common sense. I don't think we're going to see any big progressive um, initiatives on, um, you know, either healthcare or uh, the environment. I think we'll have stuff maybe along the the um, edges of, of these issues that get done, um, but probably nothing too wholesale done uh, with Republicans maintaining control. So I think I think it does create an opportunity. Us, we fortunately have, um, you know. Uh, Minority Leader Schumer, who's a big supporter of ours, uh, Senator Collins, who I just mentioned, Republican, big supporter of ours, as, as well as a number of others on both sides. Um, but but I think we are well positioned going into the next Congress. So no matter the color of anybody's politics that is listening or indeed between us or whoever, um, we as a series of associations are really prepared for business as usual then? Yes, very much so. And uh, 
you know, uh, you know, obviously we got some good news today out of Pfizer as to um, yes, their prospects on a on a vaccine. Um, so hopefully that'll move things along here more quickly. But I think regardless, we are going to be dealing with the policy aspects of COVID-19 into the, the new Congress. So, um, you know, we're going to want to make sure that paramedics and EMTs have priority access to the vaccine, right? I think Pfizer said they could do about 20 million doses this year and then 300 million next year. We want to make sure we're part of that 20 million, right? Because our folks are on the front lines. So. Right, indeed. And uh, obviously, warp speed and, and its descriptions highlight the fact that we will be part of that. Now, of course, you and I like to walk the big hill up in D.C., but what do you say to those people that are looking at their local elections? If you're an EMS chief in a rural area or in a in an area that, that uh, that's, that's had a big election change, what's your advice to those guys right now? Yeah, to really reach out to your local official, like we like I, we were discussing earlier. I mean, EMS crosses, um, you know, partisan boundaries. It's a really good issue. You never know when that local official is going to be more senior um, within a local government, even state government or even the federal government. Uh, so really reach out to those folks now um, because they are going to be inundated come, you know, December, January, and really kind of just educate them about the important role of EMS within uh, both COVID-19 response, as well as just in general, as part of the nation's 911 um, EMS system. And actually, that's an excellent point, because I guess they don't come into office until January. If you're out there, you can actually go to the AAA website and download the ride-along kit. Now, of course, COVID has changed things subtly, but I'm sure with some very careful consideration, have those people over using the appropriate level of socially distancing can actually brief them before they even get in the chair. Absolutely. Um, and what we've done a lot with, and actually one benefit of, of COVID and all these Zoom uh, interactions is the fact that um, you know, I can get on a Zoom call with a congressional office as well as a AAA or or ambulance service representative in the district and kind of be on the phone with them and talk through the issues. So it's great to kind of make that D.C. local congressional office connection, uh, you know, on Zoom or something like that. So definitely take, you know, full advantage of uh, virtual uh, outreach and uh, social distancing in that regard. Great. Well, Tristan, thank you very much for uh, taking this phone call, shall we say. I'm delighted uh, for those that uh, are listening. Tristan's actually uh, outside a restaurant in the city of Richmond uh, talking to us, so we thank him for that. Um, sounds like, though, we've still got a bit to do, and this has still got a bit to unfold yet in the next few weeks. Absolutely. Um, I think it's going to be, you know, a roller coaster ride, but at the end of the day, I think it's going to all kind of even out, um, you know, we're going to see probably Congress and the administration function a little bit more um, post-January 20th. So I think it's going to be a little bit more um, evenness moving forward. Great. Well, Tristan, thanks, mate. And uh, as we get into the next uh, the next session of, uh, of Congress, I'm sure we'll have you back to talk about how things are going. Uh, but for the, for the moment, Tristan North, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Tristan North, Senior Vice President for Government Affairs for the American Ambulance Association, and my thanks to him. So that was this week. Let's go back in time to my article and the full narration. Writing this article was a bit like cramming last minute for an exam, or dare I say being at a national conference preparing the presentation just hours before you go on. I'm penning this article at the last possible moment in case something happens, which it hasn't, 
I've been glued to the TV for what seems like days, waiting for that seat count to turn to 270 and the winner in the presidential race to be identified. As we all know, this election has become a long, drawn-out process that may not even end soon as recounts and litigation will follow an announcement. Right now it feels like we the citizens are the lame duck, not knowing whether to cheer or cry. It's that close. My original plan for this article was to highlight the policy and plans of the 2021 administration. Not so much now. But we can continue to crystal ball gaze, though it appears the Senate will remain Republican and the House, with a slightly reduced majority, will still be ruled by Democrats. This could indicate that win, lose or draw, business will carry on as usual. Proposal and motions created and debated in the House could, as before, travel across and die on the floor, and that represents no net change to the current legislative session. As for the top job, if President Trump is destined for one term only, his lame duck period will begin as early as next week, and allowing for a break for Thanksgiving and Christmas will give him six or so working weeks at the helm. Simultaneously, word is that the Democratic transition team is formed up, appointments made and ready to sweep in to prepare to hit the ground running by the first of the year. If the president prevails, then there is a theoretical business as usual, although civil unrest is widely forecast. Right now, chiefs have one eye on the results and one ear on the ops radio to hear if crowd control and medical standbys are required. By January, however, change, either on a small or inaugural scale, will occur. House and Senate seats have been won and lost as new officials find their way round the corridors of power. We, too, must work out who is new, who is friend and who is frenemy as our legislative agenda continues. This activity will not only be occurring at the federal level, but in state assemblies, municipal councils and amongst local supervisory boards. Faces will change and new relationships will have to be forged. As I've often said, if you have the word chief or director in your title, you are involved in the politics, as you must always influence the eyes and avoid the nays. Everyone has work to do. In terms of the EMS agenda, our legislative agenda will not change too much either. High on our to-do list for any administration is COVID-19 relief, DEA issues, prescription drug pricing, line of duty deaths, telehealth and much more. Domestically, the realities of up to a billion dollar budget cut will also have to be planned for. Next week, we'll also see the commencement of oral arguments in California versus Texas, the challenge to the constitutionality of the Affordable Care Act and its individual mandate with the requirement to maintain a minimum level of health insurance coverage. Any of the above could change the way we do business and generate income in EMS, and we have to both monitor and act. Amongst the Washington turmoil, we still have an emergency to deal with. Von Moltke warns us that no plan survives contact with the enemy. In this case, the enemy is COVID-19 and we must fight on and force it into retreat. Operation Warp Speed and the conclusion of vaccine trials would lead to the beginning of COVID-19 vaccination on a grand scale. As with everything else pandemic, we will most probably lead that charge, lending our organisational ability, as we've already been doing, to the distribution and administration of the bolus. In EMS, there is never nothing to do. Finally, we've seen in the run-up to the election a country of bipolar opinion, palpable tension and short tempers. Our staff is tired from eight months on the pandemic front lines. Nerves are frayed and fuses are probably short. 
Today might just be a good day to create and pass on a positive message of support, no matter the politics. Their priority is the patient and your priority is your staff as you serve to lead them. That was my take and view from last week, but as with everything in the news cycle for this last political week, it's certainly been overtaken. However, I would love to hear your views in the comments section in the main column at ems1.com, and I really would love to hear those views. In the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at UKRobL. Uh, also, catch me on LinkedIn. Also, a big thank you to my guest, uh, Tristan North. And if you're listening to this on the SoundCloud, as always, just hang on for one second because Chris and Kelly are coming along with another excellent episode of Inside EMS. I've been Rob Lawrence, and until next time, bye for now.